The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel, and as always, I'm here with Mike, and we're going to give you a rundown of the week that was in all Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into the action, Mike, how are you handling our new reality? Dude, quarantine life sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like it's funny because, you know, I, I'm an extrovert, but I, I can be a pretty damn good homebody when I want to be. And I've basically been doing this, you know, isolation thing since uh, last Wednesday. Um, and seven days has felt like an eternity. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're kind of selling in here. We, we talked pre-show. Uh, Boston is one of the, the cities that's, you know, seen a spike in cases. So it's been weird, man. It's been weird. Uh, both my roommates have been working from home. I've been working from home for a long time. But, you know, now it's there's a reason for it. And yeah, it's just surreal. And, you know, with I, I'm a big sports fan. You know, I love the NBA. I watch hockey. I, I even like getting into some spring training baseball up here in Boston. And for all that stuff to just be shut down has been really tough. And that's yeah, really weird. Yeah. And, you know, my parents live close by, but my grandfather lives there. He's 85, so we don't want to risk exposing him. My mom has uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so she's immunocompromised, so we don't want to risk that. So can't even, can't even see my parents, and my brother is in a group home uh, near uh, Foxborough, and they've kind of been weary about us going to visit him, too. So it's just everything. Everything, man, has kind of just been shut down. And thank God for that two-hour grace period earlier tonight where AEW put on a hell of a show. Yeah, Dynamite was necessary. Yeah, and, and we'll obviously we'll review, review the, the, the show itself here in a bit, but for two hours, you know, despite being an empty arena and despite them having to address it, you know, it's completely, completely forgot everything that was happening. And I think that's the best gift we can get right now. Best thing anything anyone can do for anyone right now is to help them kind of forget this shit show that we're in. And it's funny. I, dating apps have been really hot for me the last few days. I don't know if people get <laughs> bored. I'm like, well, now I don't have to meet this person. I can just talk and talk and talk. But I was I was just swiping through and I saw this one where she was like, I'm a fan of dystopian and sci-fi novels. I'm like, you're about to be living in one. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a dystopian story right now. So just, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been weird. And just thank God for this tonight because I've just, the weight of it has definitely been <sighs> pressing. How about you, man? Sorry for... <laughs> yeah no i mean I'm, I'm in the same boat kind of i mean i'm still physically going to work uh i i work in education by trade but right now i'm working construction and i'm actually really glad that that's what i'm doing as opposed to uh you know education's a mess right now and i'm still teaching but i teach online so that's not too disrupted and it's been kind of nice to have that distraction of of physically going to work every day and repairing people's homes and you know we don't 
interact too much with people. So we're still able to go out and, and do our jobs and, and still have that sense of normalcy, which is really nice. Um, you know, even just riding around on the truck and, and cracking jokes with my older brother has been, you know, kind of centering in, in a weird way. And uh, so, so that's kind of been going on. But then there's this weird sense of like, how do I move forward in life in a normal way right now? Like my wife and I are about to move into our new place this upcoming weekend. And a couple of days ago, the leasing office called me and they were like, hey, we just wanted to check in and make sure, are you still planning on like moving in and signing your lease agreement? Because we've had several cancellations in the last few days. So uh, we just wanted to check in and see. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we're still moving in. We're still coming. So it's just this weird limbo situation, but trying to make the best of it, trying to make sure that, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm an extreme introvert. So I feel like I've been training for this my whole life. I know that's kind of an overworked joke right now, but it it really does feel true to me. And, um, you know, I I feel like I could stay home and stay entertained for an interminable length of time. Uh, So, so, you know, but it's just weird. It's this pall that hangs over everything. Everything. And, uh, you know, I, so many people are being like, you know, don't give in to fear, don't be afraid. And it's like, okay, fear, fear is something you don't have control over, right? So if you're feeling fear, that's okay, right? Feel that fear. You can't have courage without fear. You can't have bravery without fear. If you're not feeling fear, then there's no need to be courageous. And I'm not saying, you know, go out and be dumb and expose yourself, but there are levels on which you can continue to live your life. and. I think it's really important to figure out what that is for you and and how to get what you need uh, within this new paradigm that we're in for the foreseeable future. So it's it's interesting you say that. We one of my buddies, uh, we you know we've all been kind of isolated. We watched a Netflix movie with him over Google Hangouts on Saturday, just so you know he got some interaction. We got to hang out. We got to talk. Uh, video games are a big uh, boom right now. I think Steam set a record for most daily users a few days I ago. Bet. Yeah, so you know you just gotta you gotta find that stuff. And you know I I like lifting weights. And today I ran around the park. And that one point two three miles, man, it took a while, but you know I had to do it. So yeah, it's it's hanging over that thing. And I like what you said, man. You know, it's just it's okay to be afraid. Just be smart about it and. Yeah. And once again, you know, (laughs) I needed something like this tonight. I needed an awesome show. I needed an escape. And just thank you. Thank you, AEW. Thank you, Tony Khan. Thank you, Cody. All of you guys. (laughs) It was a great show. And I'm going to say right now, I bet they break a million views tonight. I think this will be the first. I would agree. Because even Raw had like 2.6 million viewers, which was the highest total they've had in weeks. So I bet. This will be the first AEW show to be over a million views since the debut episode. And we'll have to see. I'll see if Sean, Sean Spears wants in on that action, though. I'll give him odds. Um, <laughs> Dinosaur, 300 on you. That, that, was, that made me laugh so hard. But anywho, Joel, what happened on this week's Dynamite? Yeah, let's get into it. So uh, 
AEW Dynamite originated from Jacksonville, Florida, coming at you from Daly's Place. We are recapping the March 18th edition of Dynamite, which led off with a emotional monologue from Cody. And uh, then we jumped into our first match of the night, which was Best Friends versus Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros getting the win via pinfall. Following that was a women's fatal four-way match featuring Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, Riho, and Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida got the win via pinfall, Penelope Ford taking the fall there. Up next was a little interstitial between Colt Cabana and Kip Sabian, uh, where Tony Schiavone was interviewing Colt Cabana, and uh, he started uh, dishing on Kip a little bit, and Kip decided to get involved. And uh, up next after that, the Butcher and the Blade faced off against two members of Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Jurassic Express getting the pinfall victory there. And then we finally got the long-awaited reveal of the Exalted One via a promo from Evil Uno. Join the Dark Order. Next up was a vignette promoting the debut of Lance Archer. And finally, that brought us to the main event, which was the Inner Circle versus the Elite, deciding the advantage for Blood and Guts whenever that takes place. The Inner Circle predictably got the pinfall victory. And then possibly the biggest moment of the night after the match, we got the reveal. Matt Hardy is all elite. I think you mean all delete. (laughs) I think on that note, we can go into our stock up. We're not doing a stock down this week. There is no stock down this week. We're going straight into stock up. And Matt Hardy is the first thing on the docket. Holy shit, man. (laughs) Yes. Matt Hardy. They've been teasing it for weeks. And when he wasn't the exalted one, I was like, huh. Maybe, maybe that was all a work. Maybe that was just the way to, was it, what's the term? Red herring, I think is the phrase. Like, yeah, you know, maybe that, maybe Matt was just helping the Bucks this whole time and Matt's going to go do something different. And I, it was funny because I noticed there was a lot of time left on the show when the match, yeah. the main event ended. There's like maybe five minutes and like Jericho was just, it seemed like he needed to make more time. But like, yeah, I, I don't know if something ended early and he was just riffing. And then when you see Vanguard 1 come into view, I was like, oh, my God. And, and Matt being like, I got a friend who owes me a favor. And then you just see Matt looking glorious. And Matt being in, revealing he's going to be in the Blood and Guts match with the Elite. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were going to have someone join it. I thought it'd be Darby. I thought it'd be Moxley. It never came into my mind, even knowing that Matt Hardy was most likely on his way to AEW, that he would be in this match and he would line with the elite like that. What a, what a reveal! What a pop! And like, I think it made. I think the Exalted One. I, I was going in my head like, does it take away from the Exalted One debuting? And I was kind of like fighting in my head about that, but I, it, to me, I think it makes it even better because my expectations. My I, my shields were down. I was like, "Oh, we already got one debut tonight. This that's just gonna be the end of the show." And there there he was. Yeah, I was right there with you. You know, I I was I was watching it happen, and I I I turned to my wife. We were watching together, and I said, "Like, 
there's a lot of time left. Like, what are they doing here? And then it clicked for me. I was like, oh, they're going to reveal whoever their extra person is for Blood and Guts. And I, like you, I was expecting Mox's music to hit. I was expecting Darby Allen's music to hit. Anybody, right? And it, for whatever reason, it didn't occur to me that it could be Matt Hardy. And I mean, you know, I am a huge, huge Matt Hardy mark going way back to the early days of he and Jeff on Raw. The Hardy Boys were some of my favorites growing up, and I just loved everything they've done. You know, some of my favorite stuff is is the silliness of of Matt and MVP having their athletic competitions and <laughs> all the different iterations of his character. He's done so much in the wrestling business. And I'm so excited to see what he can do within this platform and this paradigm. He, we saw a taste of what he can do with a budget, with what they did with the ultimate deletion in mm -hmm. the other wrestling company. We saw what he can do with creative freedom when he was in impact. And I'm just excited to see what he can do with creative freedom and a budget. That's what he has now, right? Yeah. I mean, this is such a huge opportunity for Matt to put the final exclamation point on his career. Because I do think this is probably his last stop. He's been around a long time and he's yeah. put his body through a lot. So I'm really stoked to see what he can do. And I'm, I'm honestly less excited for what he's going to do in the ring and more excited for the stories that they're going to tell and the insanity that is almost certain to ensue here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, I haven't really enjoyed anything Matt's done in the ring over the last few years, but the stories they've told, you know, obviously, we were at WrestleMania where the Hardys came back. You were following everything on Impact and kind of telling me, like, dude, this, this delete, you know, universe is freaking insane. Broken universe, whatever. Um, and even in WWE, oh, other wrestling show. Even in the other wrestling uh, show, you know, even when he got kind of smushed together with Bray Wyatt, it ended up being something really cool and something uh, really worth watching. So, yeah, I... I'm curious to see what he does. I, I'm curious to see who he works with. You know, obviously he's paired up with the elite right now. Is he going to be a full time week after week after week? Is he a special attraction for them going forward? You know, I'm curious. And he owns all of the broken universe stuff. That was part of his contracts. Uh, Impact ended up giving it to him when they changed leadership. Uh, so he owns it. He owns it all. And yes, thank you, know, Scott Demore. Thank you, Don yeah, Callis, for yeah, making thank, that happen. Amen. And we know that Jeff Hardy's contract got extended for the few months he was injured, but he should be free in a few months, probably June, July, I think is what I've read. So does he re-up with the other wrestling company? Does he come to AEW? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I'm just curious to see what, what they do with him. But an excellent debut might be one of their best like surprises. And like, it was just executed, I think to perfection. Um, he didn't have to say anything. We, we know who Matt Hardy is. We know what he's going to bring to the table. And uh, yeah, it was, 
it was an honor to see Vanguard one, you know, fly to the fly to the ring. So God, I'm I marked out really, really huge. (laughs) And I think it's a testament to how well they structured this episode that something that has been rumored and rumored and rumored and practically leaked at this point still felt like a surprise when it happened after the main event and just pats (laughs) off such a fantastic job. Well, for fuck's sake, if the Bucks were in his video two weeks ago, like we knew this was going to happen. And just, yeah, like you said, excellent job because we talked about how they already did the Exalted One reveal and how they teased uh, John Moxley at the beginning, like, you can't get in the building. You're not medically cleared. He's like, I'll still be in your blind side. If this was the other wrestling show, he would have come back at the end of the night, said, ha ha ha, got past your security and just walloped the inner circle. So all, both of those things just ended up like making this thing we knew was going to happen at some point just so far in the back of my mind. So just just great execution and just overall great pacing of the show you know for a match that for a card that only had four matches on it in front of no crowd they kept the energy up they kept us interested and they gave us some really great stuff anything else to say about broken matt hardy or yeah one last thing which was i think what threw me off the most was you know Impact airs on Tuesday nights now. Yesterday, I saw so much stuff on Twitter that made it seem like he was going back to Impact. And Mm. I had kind of resigned myself to, okay, we're we're not actually getting Matt Hardy and AEW. He's going to go back and he's going to do more Broken Universe stuff with Impact. So it was just a total setup and I got worked and I love getting worked. It's it's the best thing that can possibly happen in wrestling. You know, I, I think deep down, we all want to be taken in. It's, it's like seeing a magician, right? You don't want to see through the tricks. You want to be fooled. You want to have that seed of doubt. And everything that Matt did on Twitter leading up to this uh, really made me think he was going back to impact. And so, you know, props, hats off. and. I'm just, I'm so excited. So we can he's move a, on a, now. He's a carny, could, man. He's a carny. He knows how to work I, people. <laughs> like, I could talk about this all night. I mean, it's so, so, so exciting. Oh, I know we talked about in the rundown how I don't have any stock downs. That's a lie. I got one and it's a quick one. Sammy, don't quit your day job, man. One, you can't sing. Two, You've heard this theme song every week for almost a ye- what, half a year and you don't know the fucking lyrics to Judas. Stock down, bro. Stock down. Now who's getting worked? I'm getting worked. You're I'm getting, getting worked. worked. It he's made me heel. mad. He's oh. a heel. <laughs> if he sings it well and he sings the right words and he sings in time, he's not being a good heel. Uh, I hated it. <laughs> You're supposed it was, it was, to. I know. Once stock up to Sammy for doing it, but stock down for it being trash. <laughs> uh, let's go to our our real next segment, and yeah. and I think we we both want to talk about the exalted one. And yeah. man, I, I I thought it would be Matt Hardy, and 
we all thought it was Matt Hardy. And I think Brody Lee, people thought, was an option. But man, it still felt awesome. And to see him, like when they did the vignette, I thought, okay, we're going to see who it is. And that's it. So I was stunned when he was in the ring behind them waiting. And I loved his little trench coat that he was wearing. Like it was such a cool look. And I loved how in the vignette, you slowly started being able to hear his real voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it started creeping in early. And then by the time you f- they finished it, you could hear his voice. And then the reveal. And Brody Lee, he has a look that just meshes with what you would get in the, the Dark Order. And like he's he's we've seen him work in the other wrestling show. We know he can work a great style and we know that this style is going to work in AEW. And we've talked for weeks, months that we want some body diversity. Boy, do we got it. We got a hoss and we need more hosses. And I'm just super stoked to see him because I felt like he was always on the cusp of breaking through in the other wrestling company and something would happen. And the Wyatt family originally was one of the best things in all of wrestling. And the more you got to see um, him work, the more I kept thinking he might be the best one in this group. And that includes Bray Wyatt. You know, it's not Rowan. We know it's not Rowan, but it could have been, (laughs) it could have been Bray or Luke Harper, but, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what he can do. Same thing with Matt. Create creative and a budget. And his biggest thing is just let him work. Let's see what he can do. So I- I'm really excited. How- what-, what were your thoughts when Brody freaking Lee showed up? So the experience of watching that vignette was really cool because the way they did it with the not showing his face and distorting his voice made me think, okay, all we're getting is a reveal that there is actually Uh an exalted one. We're not necessarily going to find out who that is. And I really didn't think we would see that person on screen from the way they were doing it. So when they cut the distortion off, I sat up in my seat and I leaned forward and I turned my head because I wanted to listen as close as possible to see if I could figure out whose voice that was. And I, I was so drawn in by it. It was so good. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And then to see him actually pop up in the ring, and I think it was really important. You know, when you have two debuts on the same show, you have to do something to make them distinct from one another. Matt was able to debut by simply appearing and looking down on the ring from the mezzanine area. And he didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to lay hands on anybody. And that debut had its own flavor. Brody Lee comes out, he has his vignette, he pops up in the ring, he lays waste to his opponents, and he looked enormous in the ring. I mean, head and shoulders taller than everybody else. And I'm just, I'm floored by how much bigger he is. I mean, I know the AEW roster is smaller on average than the other wrestling company, but you really start to see how big the disparity is when someone like Brody Lee shows up and just towers over everyone. Like, I need to see him next to the other big guys in the company. I need to see him next to Luchasaurus. I need to see him next to Jake Hager and Wardlow. I need to know just how big he is. 
Exactly. And right now, though, I'm just stoked that he's there. And, you know, we had talked about Brody Lee and had the rumors that he was coming to AEW and just really excited that he actually showed up and got a huge pop from me, got a huge pop from my wife who was watching at the same time. And we're both just really excited to see what is he going to do? And is this going to be a turning point for the Dark Order as a faction? Are they going to start just winning and winning and winning? Because that's what they need to do. So let's go. Yeah, I, I'm real. I'm really excited. And and props, Evil Uno and that promo leading up to Christopher Daniels interrupting him, I thought was really good. Agreed. And like some of the stuff he said, you know, evil. If I felt like I was watching a politician speak. Like when he said, evil Uno never lies and he never breaks his promises and evil Uno cares about you. Together we are one. We are one. And the exalted is near. The exalted one is near. Like, and he's oh my, about to say the exalted one is here when he gets cut off. Yeah. That I, I really, really loved. Yeah, I, I, I felt like I was I, like with how bad it's been the last week. I, I joined the Dark Order. I do it. <laughs> I'm going to weaken up mindset. I have some vulnerabilities right now. I'm scared. Wasn't it Joey Janela? Didn't Joey Janela tweet out something like it's, uh, um, it's, uh, Christmas for conspiracy theorists. I feel like the same (laughs) thing is true for, for cult recruiters. It's Christmas for cult recruiters right now. Yeah. I, I can see how it can happen. And yeah. So just props to him. And I will say the one thing I am nervous about, and his vignette, you know, Brody Lee's vignette sounded really good. He sounded, you know, focused and concise. I just worry, will he be able to cut promos like that in front? Well, <laughs> he won't have to cut a promo in front of a crowd for a while. So <laughs> I, I guess that's not an issue. But I'm just, you know, because we didn't see him talk that much uh, in the other wrestling company. And maybe Evil Uno will continue to be the mouthpiece, but um, I feel like if you're the leader, you're the exalted one that you're going to have to let your personality show. And I think this is a good thing for him. I think it's a challenge, and I think it's something that you know, we haven't seen from him before. So I am excited to see how he handles that role. And yeah, once again, perfect group for a six-man title. Like, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and uh, Brody Lee like that? Fuck it, let's go. That'd be awesome. So. Uh, yeah, they should start piling up wins now, though. They need to win, 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 win. And get rid of the Beaver Boys. I don't care. But those three are fantastic. So, yeah, man, really good stuff. I can't wait to see where we go from here. Anything else on the Dark Order before we uh, we move on? My notes just say, Brody Lee, Brody Lee, Brody Lee, holy crap, Brody Lee. <laughs> and... My notes for when Matt, I stopped taking notes because Matt made my jaw drop. I literally wrote, uh, oh, three count, it's over. And then started typing, I'm banning all, uh-oh. And then I stopped typing. <laughs> <laughs> but I literally lost use of my hands. So good job. That's what we want when we mark out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's all for me on that. I'll, I'll move on to my stock up for the week, which was my favorite match of the week which is the women's fatal four-way. Wow, what a tremendous showing. Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, Riho, and Hikaru Shida 
tore the house down. Really, really good stuff. Uh, I, I thought there was really creative spots in this match. I thought everybody represented their characters well. I really enjoyed when Chris Statlander went up to Hikaru Shida and was like, suplex me when she had Riho <laughs> suspended in the corner. And it was like, use me as a weapon. I know you're strong enough. And, That's and my then, favorite thing. I love when wrestlers use other wrestlers as weapons. Like, it's so then, fun. And then Sheeta turns around and goes for the pinfall on Statlander, who she just <laughs> suplexed into Riho. Like, it was really, really good. And you, then we, You know we what that reminded that. me of? You know what that reminded me of? You ever see the Muppet movie with Jason Siegel? Yeah. The scene where Walter looks at Jason Siegel is like, throw me. <laughs> it's like, what? He's like, throw me. And then they miss and he goes right into the electric fence. <laughs> like, that's what I immediately thought of when that spot happened. So sorry to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> no, I mean, just there was so much great action in this match. I loved the interactions with Kip Sabian. I like awesome. how AEW is slowly introducing true intergender wrestling into their products and kind of testing the waters and making sure everybody's cool with it. I don't know if you saw any of the clips that have been floating around Twitter of the empty arena match that Will Ospreay and B Priestley had. Yes. Holy, holy crap. shit. Um, he tweeted too. I've always wanted to chopper. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I never thought I would get to chopper. I think that was what he Yeah. Tweeted. I think that was yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, Everything I've seen from that match was gnarly, and I want more of that kind of stuff because uh, it was really well done. And it, as long as it's done in a respectful and non-exploitative way, I think intergender wrestling absolutely has a place. So I loved all of the interactions of Kip Sabian with the different competitors in this match. And I like that just as Penelope Ford can support Kip in his matches, Kip is there to support Penelope Ford and hers. And it's not, it's like an equal trade-off. Neither one of them is above or below the other. And I really, really like the dynamic that they've established there. Uh, my favorite spot of the match was Penelope Ford hitting the springboard poison Rana on Chris Statlander. Wow, did that look good. What yeah. a spot. Just tremendous. The timing, the fluidity, it looked so good. I think this was one of the best women's matches we've seen to date in AEW. Mm -hmm. And oh wow, frankly, I don't think it's close. This was tremendous. I mean, it's up there with like Emi Sakura and Riho as just one of the best matches. So much great action. Yeah, uh, that's that's quite a statement. I, I think I would still go with... Uh with Rio and Nyla Rose from a few weeks ago, but this match was something. And you kind of stole my point about them supporting each other. So I have to come up with something, but <laughs> hashtag, hashtag relationship goals. Like, and, and I just, I like that Kip, because not only did he, he help Penelope Ford look good. He took bumps from everyone, from yeah. everyone in that match. And, you know, my, one of my favorite spots was, uh, Ah, uh, she was it. She uh, no, no, no. Rio like jumps off of someone. I think it was Statlander, and like gives Kip the big knee when he's yeah. standing on the apron. Like I know she's only ninety pounds, but man, that still looked painful. Um, and I, I no one looked bad, and I think this was a really important moment for Penelope Ford 
you know, we haven't seen her wrestle that much on Dynamite. You know, I watched Dark this week because what else was I going to watch? And her match with Rio was pretty good. And we've seen her on the show uh, a lot there. But to see her on the main show and look like she belongs, I, I think there were a few spots that that kind of missed the mark a little bit early on in the match. But as the match went on, everyone was in sync. And I like that Rio's not kind of fading away, you know, because um, I think she's an excellent worker and she's a great, uh, great performer. Um, they kept mentioning how she's kind of, this is the furthest down the ranking she's ever been. So I wonder if they're going to kind of tap into that, maybe give her character a little bit more. Um, but yeah, just, just a great match. Go back and watch it, guys. This was something. And I, I know I've said this every week since uh, Revolution, but the women's division is it's on the up. rise, heating up. And <laughs> did you see, did you watch uh, Being the Elite this week? I did not, no. <laughs> Big Swole had another PSA, and I forgot about her. And I'm like, oh yeah, Big Swole rules. Um, I wish I could remember exactly what it was. Um, but I don't. <laughs> but well, while you're that. looking into that, I'll I'll take a moment to talk about Hikaru Shida's new gear. I don't know if you noticed, but she was wearing ring gear we haven't seen before in AEW, and I thought she looked way tougher. Uh, I I can't quite put my finger on exactly what was different about it, but she looked stronger. She looked more fit, more muscular, and it, just a really good look especially for someone who has been positioned in a way to be able to hit these big suplexes on larger opponents and have her strength and power highlighted. I think it's important that she looks the part as well. And this new gear definitely served to drive that point home. I was really impressed with her in this match. And I think it was a great showcase for everyone involved. Uh, Chris Statlander had some cool spots. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, she had that spot where she slammed Sheeta and then slammed Riho on top of Sheeta in that kind of electric chair position drop and yep. just some really cool stuff and great showcase for the women's division. And I really thought they had the match of the night. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, you know, there's only four matches on the card tonight, so it definitely was one of the lighter shows we've seen from them. But yeah, they they stole the show and yeah, you, you you mentioned that you thought it was the one of the best matches in AW Women history. Uh, so it's definitely one of the better matches we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, I'm trying to just get this big swole thing, but my audio is being funky. Basically, she was like, buy deodorant, wear deodorant, and that was it. <laughs> Especially how wrestling fans are notoriously stinky. <laughs> so uh, I just I just loved love that, but. No, we, they, the women's division, they're building multiple stars. They're telling multiple stories. And I'm not going to crap on any superstar. Superstar? What am I talking about? Any star who wasn't there this week? Because obviously they gave people the ability to stay home, not travel. And I'm sure they kept the roster as light as they possibly could and still do a show. Um, so obviously we didn't need Nyla for this. And I were obviously heading towards a Sheeta versus Nyla match at some point, which should be fire. And yeah, let's get the the rest of these women involved, uh, like we've been doing. I, I I'm so happy with what they've done. And I I was complaining. I didn't like the direction of the women's division up maybe only four or five weeks ago. 
and they've really, really completely uh, changed my mind. And one thing I liked about the post match, I liked uh, I liked Cole Cabana, low key MVP of the night, with all of his like stuff at ringside watching the show. Uh, I didn't know I wanted this match, but now I need to see Kip Sabian versus Cole Cabana, like now. Like, yeah, for sure. I be, I love the line. Fun. I love the line. Uh, I'm also a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> like kip sabian's interacting with him like he's a normal fan in the audience and he's like yeah. what you want to fight yeah i'm also a wrestler this is what i do so uh yeah just um great stuff and anything else about this match you stole all my points you really stole all my points i want to talk about the poison rana i want to talk about using each other as weapons you know oh, you really I should I loved it yeah yeah you, you really we're a podcast, you know, and, and people want to hear what I have to say too. So it's okay. We're learning. We'll get it better next time, but I have nothing else to say about this match. You're, you're right. I apologize. I'll do better next time. I'm kidding. I love you, man. <laughs> and I think on that note, let's move into some lightning round. And my first lightning round item is the crowd. <laughs> they did some really fun stuff. And I don't know if you watched Raw SmackDown without the crowds, but they felt awkward and weird. And I've only quiet. seen clips. Yeah. Yeah. There was some good stuff. There was some stuff from those shows that were interesting, but it didn't have the same energy. And it was so perfect. They had the heels on one side, the faces on the other. And like MJF <laughs> and, and Sean Spears, Spears gambling yeah. the whole night was so funny. Up until Matt Hardy showed up, the name of the episode tonight was going to be 300 on the dinosaur. So <laughs> obviously I have to change it because that wasn't the best thing from the show, but um, just really funny stuff. Uh, I also liked, um, uh, obviously we talked about Cole Cabana in the crowd and I liked the Wardlow interaction with Cody during the main event where, you know, Wardlow goes to choke him and Arn hits him with his clipboard uh, yeah. or the, the Waffle House menu, if if you're talking to to uh, Jericho, um, but yeah, I think it added to the show, and I liked that it just it's it if I I could have it could have been awkward, it could have been awkward with no fans, and even though there are other wrestlers, they were chanting the way that you would hear wrestling fans chant, and it added to it, and it made you forget. Oh yeah, they're in an empty arena right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you need some kind of noise other than what's happening in the ring to supplement the action going on. And I thought that having those baby faces and heels out there did enough, especially when you have people like MJF who have the capability of being so loud. I mean, it was like having raucous fans in the audience. And obviously, you don't have the same level of crowd noise. But I thought they did some really interesting things with the presentation. I know this is lightning round, and, and we're supposed to move quickly. But we saw some camera angles that you don't usually see some higher yeah. angles. And I feel like maybe they had some cameras that were in the stands that they were kind of zooming in from and getting some angles that you don't usually see. Our main view was straight on towards the stage. So we yeah. didn't get the, well, the Bailey, usual side hard camera that you that you typically get, and you know it, it was just a different feel, and I really liked it. Yeah, Daily is also a weird venue, as we've seen with their other shows they've done there. So definitely gives them uh, a chance to experiment and play around. And one last thing from the crowd, 
I loved when Cody took off his shirt. You see, you see all the baby faces wanting him to throw it to them. And then he yeah. throws it to Brandy and Brandy well, reacts like she just lot, like won the lottery. Like she sold it so well. So I was actually, I was going to bring that up separately. That's actually a callback to when Cody was a heel in ring of honor. Oh yeah. He used to fake like he was going to throw his shirt into the crowd to a fan and then he would throw it to Brandy. And every time <laughs> she would react like, you know, she would totally fangirl over this shirt, which was hilarious oh, awesome. because, you know, she was out there as a manager. So I, I love that callback to yeah, that's really cool. his, his early Ring of Honor heel work. And it was just a neat little thing that they did. I was I was going to talk about that. So I'm glad you ha, brought it up. I got you back. How's it feel? Doesn't feel very good, does it? So see, see where I gave you credit for bringing it up. <laughs> that's that's good podcasting. This is my shtick. Anywho, <laughs> um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, um, the the opening promo to start the show. Yeah. Uh, I liked I what I really loved about it is it started. You know, they had to they had to recognize the elephant in the room. You know, they said the stuff without overtly saying, "Hey, there's a pandemic going on right now." And Cody was was able to transition it so easily into a cave fabe story promo. Yeah. But despite it being cave fabe, the things he was he was saying just really, really were impactful. Yeah, you know, absolutely. um I, I one of the the quotes I took, you know, it uh, you know, the I'm about to ask three of the best athletes to discard their petty differences. Well, that's something we need in the world right now outside of that story uh we need to stand together march 18th 2020 us as humans need to stand together many of us will that, for many of us that would mean standing at a distance we have to be informed we have to be held responsible and this is what got me i refuse to live in fear that isn't living at all i feel alive i hope you feel alive yeah damn and after this show i felt more alive than i have since i got off the stage at my showcase last week like i'm I pumped felt dude I'm pumped. I, I really <laughs> love this. My favorite line from this promo was when he was addressing Kenny Omega and he says, neither one of us wants to be a bridesmaid. Well, this isn't a wedding. It's blood and guts. Oh, so such a killer good. line. And his delivery was perfect. Uh, I really enjoyed the way they did it. I loved starting out with the lights completely down and then integrating, you know, hit the lights, hit the pyro, hit the music. Yeah, that was such a great way to start the show. A, a podcast that you and I both really, really love, uh, yeah, it's that bad. Uh, talked about the concept of hanging a lantern on something, which is there's something that's you know going to stick out to the audience and has the possibility of taking them out of the moment, and so you acknowledge it on screen. And I felt like this promo did a great job of hanging a lantern on the fact that there is no audience and. We're not talking to the live crowd. We're talking to the TV viewers. And now we can all acknowledge that. We can feel that in that moment. And then we can move past it and enjoy the rest of the show. And I thought that they did a tremendous job of meeting the moment and then taking it in a kayfabe direction and bringing us back to ultimately what we tuned in for, which is not a public service announcement, but pro wrestling. Yeah, just fantastic. I nothing else to really say about that, but I thought it was 
as corny as it sounds, it, it's it's gonna rem- I'm, I'm gonna remember it for a long time. Just the feeling of seeing this. I, I'm sure you've seen the clip of the SmackDown, the first SmackDown after 9/11. Yeah. Um, it was the first live event since that. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. It was the first event after 9-11. It was the first live um thing. And it felt very similar to that. And, you know, I, I've had a ton of friends watching tonight because there was just nothing else to watch. And if that promo couldn't sell you on all elite wrestling, I'm sorry. Go waste your fucking life watching SmackDown or Raw. But when you can have emotion like that in a pro wrestling show you got you got something special so anything else on uh oh i know you wanted to talk about mr murderhawk beating up some carnies behind uh, a shed oh my gosh this video <laughs> i loved it so much i thought it was tremendous everything the ring being set up in this kind of backwoods area you had this crowd of you know tough guys who all wanted a crack and archer's not in the ring you've got the kind of carnival barker who's there with his cane and everything about this aesthetic it it, honestly it made me think of where we went to college like it felt like backwoods high country north carolina and i just i love the whole thing archer busting through the crowd and jumping into the ring taking on all comers by the end of the vignette there's a ring of people laid out beneath the ropes (laughs) and archer standing tall and then you get one last sucker who runs up to him is like i want a piece of you and he just gets slammed on the hood of a car over and over again if you weren't sold on lance archer beforehand i mean this looked like the trailer for a movie that I want to watch. This was incredible. I I can't say enough good things about this vignette. I'm a huge Lance Archer fan to begin with, but this was so, so well done. And then the cuts to Jake the Snake in his leather jacket, just looking mm-hmm. satisfied. Like, I did this. I made this happen. I'm in charge here. This is my monster, and the murder hawk answers only to me. I, I'm about this. This is so, so good. And it made me excited for when he finally comes in to take Cody's share. And I don't know when that's yeah. going to be, but I'm here for it. And I loved Jake's promo right before that vignette played. The line that stuck out to me, look at us. Shut me up if you can. And I don't think you can like, my God, Jake, thank you. I, I was so surprised when he showed up two weeks ago, but man, is he such a great addition to what is already a phenomenal roster. So give it up. This got the vignette didn't really get me excited. Obviously I know how awesome Lance Archer is and combining him with Jake, the snake has got me excited. So I'm ready, man. This is going to be great. I can't wait. Um, I have one more thing very briefly I want to talk about in lightning round. Do you have anything else before I bring that up? Um, just that this segment, this vignette, it reminded me of the movie Snatch with uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, Never there's, a, there's a scene in that movie. It's a Guy Ritchie film. So, you know, there's going to be good action sequences. Um, but there's a bare knuckle boxing fight uh, between Brad Pitt 
and and this other character and the aesthetics of that bare knuckle boxing fight reminded me or rather this vignette reminded me of of that scene and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie and um go watch snatch if you haven't seen it it's a really fun movie if you are you know self-quarantining if you're social distancing and you need something to watch that's a fun movie to check out um and if you like that also check out lock stock and two smoking barrels they are you know of a piece with one another and uh it, it just it really felt similar tonally and uh i just i hope there's more like this and i hope that this is the direction that they take this lance archer character uh we've seen the kind of mad max iteration of lance archer in new japan and I think this is an opportunity to explore a different side of his character and personality. Uh, he mm-hmm. is from Texas. And I, I think what they did is probably something that feels very authentic to him. I don't know that for certain, but it, it just, it seemed really, really easy for him to slide into that persona and to carry that out convincingly so i'm excited for it yeah i'm excited to see where they go with it the last thing i want to talk about it was stuff that happened during the lucha bros and best friends match actually it it was after the match i did not expect to hear the phrase you want to kick my friend in the dick on live television (laughs) yeah um thank you chucky uh that was wonderful um i'm excited for this parking it was gonna be a street fight or a parking lot. Yeah, a parking lot. <laughs> Just goofballs. It was great. Uh that that match should be really fun. And then I loved uh I I <laughs> I tweeted, "Oh, Orange Cassidy's on commentary. I'm setting the over under at five and a half words." He didn't say anything. <laughs> oh yeah, I had taken the under like a shot. <laughs> um and I I loved uh when he I'm like, "Is he asleep?" And I think it was Taz uh, or maybe Excalibur. He's like he's counting orange sheep. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And then and then Jr. with you know, uh, good night, sweet prince, or or whatever, some variation yeah. on that line addressing Orange Cassidy. I I love the gimmick of having Orange Cassidy on commentary, and I also love the best friend social distancing. Like yes, they went so for the hug bored. and then they bumped elbows I instead. Know. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix so had funny. another great showing in this match. I thought his of kicks course. looked really crisp. And uh, something that was kind of cool about the empty arena was that all of their um, slaps were louder. Yeah, so like they every echoed. kick sounded like it was taking people's heads off. It was yeah. totally brutal. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that match as well. And uh, yeah, that, that post-match, you know, you want to kick my friend in the dick while the ref's not looking? <laughs> well, I don't think <laughs> so we funny. even need a ref. So good. Ah, oh, they're fantastic. Uh, anything else on Lightning Round before we get into some house cleaning? No, let, let's clean house. I mean, what, what not? Whoa. Sorry, Luchasaurus. Luch, you guys did great. It was fun. There was no bunny, though. So I, and no Marco stunt. So, you know, I kind of didn't have any interest in this match. It was fine. It was good. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's do some house cleaning. Well, well hang on. Before we get into that, we should. We should look ahead to the potential of next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, they kept saying that. They kept teasing, like, this may not happen next week. So I hope it does, because I'm going to need this just to get through the next few weeks. Because, like you said, I'm in, a, I'm in a red zone. 
Like I can't go do anything right now. Like there's literally nothing to do. So AEW Dynamite will most likely get me through this shitstorm. So hopefully they can keep it going. But obviously want to keep everyone safe. So Joel, what is potentially on the card for next week? Oh, don't I usually do this? I'm sorry. This is my segment. <laughs> um do, 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 do. I have it written down. We're gonna have a lumberjack match between Wardlow and Luchasaurus. Curious to see who the lumberjacks are, if how many wrestlers are gonna actually have there. Creepers, nothing but creepers. Oh, no creepers, no creepers. Uh parking a parking lot fight brawl between the Lucha Bros and best friends. Hopefully, Orange Cassidy's involved in some way, shape, or form. And the blood and guts match, which will be a five on five inner circle versus the elite and our deletion savior, Matt Hardy. Can't freaking wait. I'm curious to see if they do this at daily place next week, because I don't know if you can fit two cages in that mofo. Like I'm not sure where it's going to come down from. Presumably they can move some of the bleachers and you know, you and I had kind of talked briefly prior to watching tonight's episode about how they could kind of do some pre-taped stuff if they need to. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe they can't suspend the apparatus and bring it down quickly over two rings. So maybe that's something that they pre-tape earlier in the day. And yeah. you know, that way they can build the apparatus and take it down for the rest <laughs> do of it, the show. Do it in the middle of the Jacksonville Jaguars football field. Cons own it. Just do it right there. Like, I don't see why you couldn't do that. So um, yeah, I I really hope that show happens. Obviously, would understand if they don't. Uh, we'll bring you an episode next week, regardless. Hopefully about dynamite. But if not, we got some bonus episodes and ideas that we want to bring to you guys, let you know a little bit more about us on a personal level. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can follow Joel at the other Joel. You can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda at Twitter. You can find us at Facebook at the other wrestling show and on Instagram at the other wrestling show. And you can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. And what else do I usually say right here? Well, usually you ask for my random observation of the week. Oh, Joel, what was your random observation of the week? Uh, so, Brandy doing the ring announcing really took me back. Uh, when I first got back into watching pro wrestling was I, I went back to the beginning of NXT when NXT was actually a federation and no longer like a quasi reality show. And Brandy was the ring announcer. And, you know, her voice is still the voice that I associate with ring announcing in NXT. So it was really cool and also really weird to hear her <laughs> in that capacity. And she's so good at it. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's got really such a tremendous it. voice and it was, it was cool and it was unusual. And I'm glad that we got to have that moment. So, so that was my random observation of the week. And then I also have to mention uh, you know, there was no audience, so we had to pop in our chairs here at home because the audience wasn't popping for anything because there was no audience. And the biggest pop of the night was when uh, Sean Spears was drinking wine. That resonated with us very much. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I I am mostly a beer guy, so I'll, I'll, I drink wine on occasion. But I'm I, I hope you too had a nice glass of wine during this show. So there was a yeah. raising of glasses. So yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Well, we will hopefully see you in here next week, and let's close this thing out. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.